0: Live from the Summit in San Antonio, Texas, the Corps presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Nikki Salter and Marjorie Adams. Today's topic, create a client for life from lead to post close.
1: Welcome to your flight today. <laughs> Our destination is creating a client for life. If that is not where you're supposed to be, then you are in the wrong room. I am in the wrong box. I'm supposed to be in the white box. Now I'm in the right spot. Can everybody see me? Awesome, okay. It has been a long time since I have been on stage, so i 'm going to feel really good in about ten minutes. so for the next ten minutes i 'm going to let Marjorie, my co teacher, warm you guys up, get you good and excited. Now let me tell you something I love about marjorie um, there 's a couple of things. Um, this is you probably don 't know this. this is really silly, but um, every year we get taken on a coach's retreat. Rick takes us um, with our spouses and goes on a coaching retreat. And my first child, I, he was five months old. He was on the trip with us, much like my seven-month-old that's on the trip with me this time. And we, our excursion for the day was we were in Miami, and our excursion for the day was boating. You know rick's really on us about being in great shape and you know being active and everything else and so i was five months postpartum in a swimsuit because i didn't want to not go to the trip and also the event for the day because i thought it would be rude because a lot of work goes into it i'm horribly self-conscious because i'm in a swimsuit like five months postpartum i had a breast pump in my bag on the boat like this is all real and I'm, you can tell I'm super conscious, self-conscious. I'm like putting my clothes on everything. And she came up to me and she took it off and she said, you look great. Don't take anything off. So thank you. I never said anything to you about that, but you just like absolutely made my day. So like my obviously more than my day because it's five years later and I'm still talking about it. So um, let me tell you what I love about Marjorie. Besides that, she is authentic. She is unapologetically her amazing, quirky self. And anything that she's gonna tell you today, she does. She does, she focuses on, she keeps it simple, she knows what her business is, she knows what her business isn't, Um, and she doesn't let anybody else's plans or ideas for her get in the way of that laser focus. So when we're talking about processes and systems, um, she's going to be just the best person to talk to, on, and especially on this particular topic. We're both super excited. I'm excited that it's realtors and lenders in here. Can I get a show of hands? How many realtors are in the room? Okay, that's really good. There's more realtors than lenders, so it's really on you. you got to carry this. How many lenders? Okay, man, i gotta, okay, I got to be here, too. Okay, cool. So, Marjorie,
0: you want to tell them what they're in for today? Yes, thank you so much. So, thank you, Nikki. So I'm equally honored. I will tell you that I learn a lot and get a lot of empowerment from the women in the core. And so one of the, my biggest mentors, of course, who's in this room, always makes you a little more nervous, is Kendra Cook. So I've learned so much from her, right? But let me tell you, like, one of my favorite things about being part of the core is empowering women, right? And one of them I get to share the stage with here. So Nikki, I just idolize and honor because of how she runs her business how genuine she is how she runs her team She's just an all-around. What you see is what you get Powerful woman and I got Lisa Wells in here, too We just get the honor of empowering and really raising each other up, right? So woman power all the way and I'm just super honored to be teaching this class with her so Here's the thing. This is one of my favorite topics, clients for life. And it's one of the ones I think that can turn a little hokey, right? People are like, oh, clients for life. It's sort of like, I heart referrals on our email signatures, right? (laughs) So, you know, like with with our photo from like 1927 when people are like, you don't look like that no more. So here's the thing about clients for life. Just inarguably, it's the foundation of your business. So I want you to write this down because this is what you've really got to pay attention to in this class. So, for me, the long-term relationships are are the foundation. So, 89% of my business, right, is my clients for life. 89%. So, I get the honor of working with clients I sold houses to 25 years ago. So, I, too, started when I was 12. Um, And I want you to think about what a client for life is. So, when Nikki and I first started, it was like, let's really make sure they're clear what a client for life is. So, People choose to work with us because they like us. They return to us because they trust us, right? So they picked you at first because they like you. And they refer you and stick with you because they trust you, right? And so a client for life means they're there forever, if that makes sense, right? So they're going to come back, and they're going to come back. So there are three parts to me to developing a client for life. And I think if you guys can really adopt and understand these three parts— Quite frankly, the rest is super easy. We're going to give you really specific tactics on the intake of a client to make them a client for life, working with the client to make them a client for life, and then the follow-up. But you must have a relationship. That is number one. You have to have a relationship, right? You have to know about your clients. So Rick said something that really stood out to me. I think it was Rick. What separates us is the depth of our relationship with our clients, Right? They have to see us and follow us and come back to us. So you have to have a deep relationship with them. So to me, that means I advise them like they're my family. Every client I have, and sometimes like now I'm a little older, right? So I'm like, well, I guess you're not my sister anymore. I'm guessing you're my child. Um, But I advise them like they're my family. I'm going to give them guidance like I would if they're my sister, right? That's a client for life. That's creating that relationship with them. So first, you have to have that relationship. Second, you have to have systems because you can have a great relationship and be that really likable person and have no system, right, in place. And systems in place are things like your database and your CRM. It's having the team in place to help you follow up with them because we all have the best of intentions. I've got this great relationship, but I've got nothing in place to maintain that relationship, right? No systems. Um, So strong teams, strong systems, absolutely the key. And then the third thing, which I'm really good at, and Nikki and I talked about that she's like, this is not where I'm good at, is the follow-up, right? So this one is to me the most important after the relationship, because if you don't follow up, this is like, duh, but if you don't follow up, you can't have a client for life, right? You had a great experience. They loved you. You're like, they'll work with me forever. And five years later, as a realtor, you drive by the house and someone else's sign is in the yard, right? Now, sometimes this happens, but it's because we had poor follow-up, right? So we're going to talk about when we get to follow-up, relevant follow-up, not spamming them, but relevant follow-up. And we're going to help you with that so you guys can create some clients for life, all right? So Nikki is going to go through with us determining how we qualify and quantify actually a client for life. Awesome. So,
1: I have horrible ADD and there's a really bad echo. So, I am going to, if I repeat myself, bear with me. Or if I ask you to repeat yourself because I'm going to ask you guys some questions. Um, what is, I can't remember which coach it was. So, um, but I remember Rick telling us that there was a coach that was interviewed. It was like the, the winningest coach of all time. And they asked this coach, what's your number one secret? That's what everybody asks in every interview, right? What's the one thing or what's your number one secret? And he said, hire great players, (laughs) right? Like, well, that's pretty simple. So when you're creating a client for life, what's the number one easiest thing to do to set yourself up to be successful with those clients? Anybody want to take a guess? Okay. Hey, that's good. That's coming. That's under the tactic part. That's a good one. All about you. Okay. Uh, Somebody else try you are totally stealing our outline. Yes, that's going to be in there, too. Um, what's another one? Yeah. Oh, thank you. See, I said winningest coach of all time said he picked great players. Okay, cool. So it's kind of about that. So it's not picking the right team, but it's picking the right clients. Okay? So I'm going to teach you something really quick that I was taught a long time ago, a long time ago that made a huge impact for me and my business. So when I first started in the core, I was doing 140 leads a month. And I was closing 8 to 12. You do the math on that conversion. I'll spare you. It's awful. Um, 147 was my average loan size. Now, that wouldn't sound crazy, except that everybody else in San Antonio was, like, already at 205. So I was queen of the trailer park. No offense to anybody that's actually in a trailer park, although I don't think you are. If you're attending this, you're trying not to. But... But I was queen of the trailer park. And so I had to go through and start going through like the lead tracker made a huge difference for me. But starting to define who my clients were and who they weren't game-changer my average loan size tripled my income tripled without having to do that many more loans initially um, and my leads went from 140 to closer to 80 they really kind of stayed around that 75 to 80 range Um, but now I close 30 loans a month at an average loan size of, of a little more than 400 and the rest of San Antonio is still around 250 that's progress right so the good the bad and the ugly how many people in the room have done this before okay good when okay so this is how you identify who is a great client okay who is in order to have to create a client for life we want to know from the get-go who's our best lay down opportunities right this is not cherry-picking this is identifying who's going to go along with your system and see the most value in um, in you and your process and how you do things okay so um, throw this out there uh, what are some characteristics uh, and actually raise your hand. Um, what are some great characteristics, what are characteristics of a great client? Uh, Brian. Play they play by your rules. And guys, you should write this down. So write good in one column, bad in the middle column, and ugly on the right column. Okay. So good client plays by your rules. Uh, what's another one? Raise hands um, up here in the front. They're motivated. Okay, they have a high sense of urgency, right? Okay, Stuart? Yes, they were referred really well, right? Uh, what else? Yes, Patrick? Super well qualified. Oh, my goodness. Something that it gets overlooked, right? We're like, oh, my God, they loved us, but they can't sell their house. Okay. They trust you, which usually comes from a great referral as well, right? So these are all characteristics of a great client, Okay. What are characteristics of an ugly client? Um, let's see here.
2: Uh, okay,
1: okay. Oh, uh, that okay. They don't have email. All right. Uh, let's see, Lisa. Oh my gosh, they're price sensitive. Like they don't understand value. Drama. Ooh, not in my office. I like that. They tell you how it's going to go. But that is true, right? They don't buy into your systems, okay? Uh, Yes, they don't, or they don't respect boundaries. Cool, I like that. They don't have any boundaries. That's an ugly client. Does anybody know what a bad client is? I'll tell you because everybody gets this wrong.
0: We'll just, we'll skip past that, okay?
1: So bad client is somebody who would be a good client, but just doesn't qualify, or doesn't qualify in a reasonable amount of time, Okay? So let me give you an example. Um, I just I just got out of bankruptcy. Guys, don't talk to me about one day out of BK loans. I get it. OK, but like one day out of bankruptcy or, hey, I'm in the middle of a divorce. It's going to be a while or super, super bad credit or just something that's going to take a long time. They're just not qualified for you agents in the room. The client that thinks their house is worth two hundred thousand more than it actually is. And then you like right now, you do try to take the listing because maybe you can <laughs> sell it for two hundred thousand over. But you get them in, and then they have all these leans, and they ha- you get into it, and they're like, oh, my God, they're the nicest people, but I can't help them, okay? That's a bad lead, right? So you've got good leads, bad leads, and ugly leads, okay? They're tip- typically, just like the chart says, they're going to be a third, a third, a third, okay? The great leads, you don't have to do anything different on. These are the ones that are going to, you have the best opportunity to be your client for life, Okay? The reason this is so important is because when you take everything that comes in, you are not going to be able to keep them all happy. There are just some people that no matter what you do, they're not going to enjoy your experience. If you could identify these earlier and trim those down, you'll have more time to take care of the ones who identify as great that you can give more service. You can give a better experience to more concierge minded services. So um, the ugly. Does any uh, anybody like? Do you just cancel the ugly? What do we do with them? Refer, to an agent you don't like. <laughs> uh, refer them to an agent you don't like. Okay, that's good. But <laughs> here's what we do with the ugly ones. Okay, the first thing that we do is we raise the barrier to entry. Okay, so I one of the things that I do is I won't send an approval letter out until you are qualified, you've met with me, you've brought your paperwork in, you've 100% followed my process. Because if you'll give me a pay stub and a social and you'll meet with me, then you buy into my value and my process enough that I can, I can get you the rest of the 10% of the way there if you were an ugly client. That's an example of raising the barrier for entry. I'll give you another example. I won't send email estimates out. Just send me an estimate. Send me an estimate. With the technology available to us today, it's so easy to send estimates, but I don't do it. Not until they meet with me. You meet with me, you have full access to all of our services. But if you don't, then you simply don't. That's how I raise the barrier to entry. And then those ugly clients that conform become great clients. They become good clients. But the rest of them just don't get to work with me. And that's okay. I'm not for everybody. I'm okay with that. Okay, so that's what we do to identify what's the like what's the best opportunity I'm gonna have to set myself up to be successful to create clients for life. Okay? So Marjorie, you wanna talk about the lead
0: intake?
2: Yes. Okay.
0: So Nikki and I talked a lot about as we started in this class, and one thing that I think that is fair to say is on the lead intake, so I'm a realtor, so it's very important for them to get to know my team and how we work. Right? So when we all think team, we think our, our, my, in my team in the office, so three people and me. But I want to make sure you guys all understand for the process to go very well, my team is not just my internal team. My team is my lender. My team is my home inspector and my insurance agent and my attorney. And I think one thing that a lot of us are very poor at is cross-referring Getting the client to the lender and the lender referring to the realtor. Now, this is a lender-realtor class, so this might sound a little strange in terms of client for life, but I think it's very important. So I think a lot of us refer very weakly. It's a very weak process. So what I want you guys to really kind of take away from this is apparently some realtors are taught you have to refer to three lenders and you got to do all these things. I find that to be false. So I think one of the reasons our clients become client for life is because we are very strong advisors, right? I advise my clients. Now, I'm pretty type A. I'm a high D. I am very nice, but I'm very my way or the highway. I'm 49, right? I'm getting older. Um, I just told you how old I was. Congratulations. Um, But here's the thing. So I want to really kind of role play this a little bit of how I refer my clients to my lender, Right. Because I think it's important that you guys. So obviously, Nikki is now my lender. So I'm staring at Lisa right now. So if Lisa's my client, I'm going to say, Lisa. So we've just met. We've gone through how our team works and everything. I want you to really understand we're going to get you in front of my lender. So let me tell you about my lender, Nikki. So Nikki has done all of my loans. Nikki does my refinance. Nikki's like that little angel devil on my shoulder. If I think I'm going to buy something, I call Nikki. Right? If I'm wondering how many payments I have left, I have called Nikki. Nikki takes amazing care of my clients. Nikki's team is phenomenal. She is going to get you to closing with fun and with gifts. But let's make sure I'm clear with you. The lending process right now, no offense, sucks. It's a horrible process. If the last time you got a loan is when you could fog a mirror and get one, you're in for a shock. But understand this is not Nikki. So right now, there's a lot of documentation needed. You're going to have to repeat yourself a thousand times. I want you to create a file on your desktop, and when you send a document, put it in there, because they might ask for it it again. That's the reality of getting a loan right now based on the climate. But I need you to understand it's not Nikki and her team. Her job is to get you to closing. She's going to do it with fun. She's going to do it with gifts. You're going to get the best loan for you and your family, and you're going to have a great experience. So you are going to call Nikki. Lenders. Oh, my God. Yes. So. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so Nikki's going to kind of do this in reverse. But the point is, when you all are starting, we are the advisors. We're talking about clients for life. If it is a client for life. Right. We talked about them following our processes. We have to refer strongly with conviction. Right now, obviously, if Nikki were in my town, you better believe she would be my lender. She would get all of my business and she would take great care of me. Note to self. Right. So she's moving to Charlottesville. But my point is how many of your referrals back and forth. Right. You guys. So I'm going to write. Is this how you refer your lender right now? Okay. Is this how your lenders are referring your realtors? Okay, so this is something that we got to work on first. Because to me, this is not a fun market. Like Kendra knows, she's like, girl, I'm a little worried about you. Yes, I've gotten on medication. It's totally true. It's been a tough year, right? However... I have my core team. My core team is, of course, my internal team, but it's my lender that takes care of me. It's my attorney that takes care of things. That's my secondary team. I think you guys got to get used to talking about that with your clients, right? I've got my primary team, my secondary team. You follow my process. You go with my people. It's going to be great, right? Anytime people deviate from that, it's not as good. So does that make sense? Does that help at all? Okay, I thought that was super important in terms of once we want to start them down that path, right, I want them to be a client for life. And what I love about what you just did is
1: that you combined the amazing referral and and a great handoff and also set an accurate expectation at the same time. So you gave honor to me setting up the referral, but then also communicated the handoff that's missed in so many um great processes that people are like man i just can't figure out why the clients won't stop calling me or why it's because there's not a clear fantastic handoff like that just was so that you referred with value you set up the handoff and you set an accurate expectation of what was coming all in one
0: nice work thank you thank you So second thing I want to get to in the lead intake, and then Nikki's going to get through some of her process as well on the lead intake, is the process for if we're going to have a client for life, the amazing experience has to start at the beginning. So it can't be a phone call in, I'll see you Tuesday, hang up the phone, and you show up right? That is not setting them up for an amazing experience, right? So you have to have intake questionnaires. I think on page 27 might be mine um, for a listing. So we have intake questionnaires when a buyer calls in. We have an intake questionnaire for listings. Now we've started sending out questionnaires, fillable forms, so I can gather as much information in advance. Now some clients, depending on their disc, fill them out. Some don't. It's okay. But the more information I have, the better, We send out the all about you form. Huh? I actually do it. Yes, Kendra. I did not get to have to pay that thousand dollars because I do it. Um, So we send that out. We send out a video testimonial. So Rick talks about this all the time. And I was always like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it because I'm on the 10 year path of listening, apparently. So we send out a video testimonial bolstering us. Right. A client saying what a great experience they had with us. Right. And then we send a video 24 hours in advance Here's the office, or here's how the appointment's going to go. So if you want to really wow and set up a client for life, how is it before they ever meet with you? Right? What questions are you getting? What interests? So be interested, not interesting, right? So I don't talk about the blah, blah, blah houses, blah, 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 I sell, and I'm, you know, great at this, and we take great pictures, right? That's not what we're talking about at that time. So we're gathering that information. We're forming the relationship before we ever meet. So if they call two other realtors, sure, I'll be there Thursday. We've already stood out, right? We've already shown more value to them at the beginning. So if you're intaking, you've got to really think about what does your process look like before they ever get to you? How are you going to stand out that they're going to remember you from the beginning, right? So Nikki, talk about a little bit about what you do. Yes. Okay, so... Um
1: let's do this for a second. Um, So stay up here. Stay up here. Stay up here. One, because it makes me feel better. And two, because I'm going to ask you a question. So um, what you did with referring with honor, we have to give back. Okay, so when we talk about the triangle for trust, it's it's not just the script. The script is the is putting it together for the client in their head. Right. So when the client is with Marjorie and Marjorie sets it up that I'm the best lender in the world and then that client then meets with me and I'm sitting down with that client, I have to I do use the triangle for trust. I use it second. Okay, so the first thing that I do, though, is give honor back. Okay, so because we're partners. And if this is going to work, and if I'm not going to work with 200 realtors, if I can work really closely and get a lot of business from a smaller group of them, then this is how I have to approach it, right? So, off the cuff, let's do this. So, um, Marjorie, how do you – so, Carmen is an agent that I work with. So, Carmen's going to be an agent. I know Carmen. Not okay, good. So, uh, Marjorie, how do you know Carmen. Well she sold us our house about four years ago. Oh wow. So you know she's amazing, you're in excellent hands. Yes, well, right. We were
0: thinking we should talk to some other realtors too, because everyone tells us that we should, especially in this market.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. So here's how I've no Carmen, okay? So Carmen is my personal agent. She's the number one agent in San Antonio. She's fantastic. I love her. Best negotiator ever. Okay? And every client that comes to me from Carmen has 100% been a personal referral because she takes excellent care of them. She already took care of you once, right? Absolutely. Cool. So you trust
0: Carmen? Absolutely. What did she say about me? Well, she said I shouldn't go talk to anyone else. Right? I have to only work with you, that you are the best in the business, that you're going to take care of us. She did say it's going to be really painful, but that you'd take care of me.
1: Oh, oh, she said it's painful. I'm going to have to talk to her about that. So you trust Carmen, right? Absolutely. And Carmen trusts me? Yep. So you can trust me too? Yep. That's it. We give honor, we do the triangle for trust, we close it, it's done, we built rapport, and we get it done in, like, a few minutes, right? We're efficient, too, because we don't have – this is time blocking, also. <laughs> this is a 30-minute time block, right? Okay, cool. Thank you. Awesome. So, setting an accurate expectation. So, that is giving honor back to the referral partner um, and closing the triangle for trust and then setting an accurate expectation. So, here's what I tell the clients, okay? Um Setting an accurate expectation is about a great handoff, telling them the next step is, and small kept promises, okay? Let me give you an example of a small kept promise that we make. My team is going to update you every single Tuesday, okay? They're going to update you, your agent, the listing agent, and the title company all together so that it's going to cut down on your phone calls. We're going to take care of everything for you. Okay. This is just so that everybody is on the the same page. It leaves the least amount of room for error for surprises. Okay. So we're going to update you every single Tuesday. We're going to call you first and go through whether or not you're on track to close on time, anything that we need, anything we've ordered, anything that we're still waiting on, and just in general where we are in the process. Then we're going to send an email recap to everybody else. Sound good? Cool. That's small kept promise number one. Guess what all I have to do then every Tuesday is update everybody. And I'm going to do that anyways, right? But I'm saying it up front to establish here's what comes next, okay? Now, I also believe in an amazing handoff, okay? you It's the opportunity that you have to edify your team um, and and to explain to the client what's coming next in the process, okay? One, so that they call you less, right? That is... Item number one, right? So you can work on calling more clients, um, but also so that they know what's coming next. If we're talking about creating a client for life, when they know what's coming next, there's no anxiety of the fear of the unknown because we're telling them what comes next. Okay? Um, and so I, I'll give you an example. Um, this is so once um, once I meet uh, contract client is under contract, and they're going to you know quote processing. I have LP2 direct submits, but we call them processors to the clients because they don't know what an LP2 direct submit is. So, um, when I explain it, I say, "Cool. So, um, we're so at this point we've we're, we've done the the call are under contract. I'm telling them. So the next step is you're going to work with Vanessa." Okay, um, and Vanessa has worked with me for 10 years, she works with the most clients, she has the best surveys, and she has the fastest turn times, okay? Her job is to get you to closing on time accurately and with no surprises, and she's going to communicate with you weekly along the way, okay? So although Vanessa's worked with me for 10 years, she has the best surveys, and she works with the most clients, she works with about 20 each month. If at any point you feel like one of 20, you call me personally, Okay cool. Is that okay? Awesome. I've just edified my team member. Hey, they know what they're doing. Here's what they're doing in the process. I've set the expectation. And then here's also what I say. She's going to give you a call in 48 hours to introduce herself and to go through any remaining documents that you're going to need. Now remember, okay, getting a mortgage, it's going to be a lot of paperwork. You just have to mentally get past the fact that it's going to be a lot of paperwork. We're going to ask you for a lot of pay stubs. We're going to ask you for the most recent of every single thing that you have. But here's the thing. My team really loves their job, so everybody's going to be super nice to you. We're going to send you a ton of gifts along the way. And then when you feel like you can't give us anything else, it's over. We're going to hand you keys. You're going to smile. You're going to go closing. Fill out a survey. Send us two of your friends and tell us how amazing it was. Is that fine? They all say yes. Now, I just told them that the paperwork was going to be a nightmare because it is right now. It's 2021 and we're still dealing with paperwork nightmares. I don't get it, but that's where it is. It's just a system of audits, right? It's audits and checklists. And that's all we're doing is checking the boxes and filling out an audit. The client just needs to know that. Do not tell your clients that it's going to be easy. It's not. So set an accurate expectation. It's a lot of paperwork, but guys, paperwork's not emotional. Mentally get past it. You're going to provide a lot of paperwork and then it's over. Okay, cool. Any questions about that? No? None? Guys, we're on camera. you got to ask a question. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, Marjorie, you want to talk about um, the, oh, yes.
0: Client intake thing. Who does that? <coughs> so that would be a team member, whoever answers the phone. So I have two team members in the office or that get the call. They start the intake right away. So they start the questionnaire. They send everything out. They start sending out the questionnaires and everything for the intake. If it's somebody who then says, well, I want to talk to Marjorie, they set up a call with me. So the intake questionnaire is always whoever answers the phone. So everybody on the team knows how to do that questionnaire if they're the one that get the phone call. And they just do it over the phone and kind of roll through it. And then, what do you do with the intake form? So the intake form goes into the folder and starts all of the process, right? So if we get when we get the about U form, it goes into the file. The intake form starts on the file. They start to fill out the information, right? Their name, their email. They start to pull all the, you know, the, the address. If it's a listing, we'll say they go into MLS, pull out the listing, start to pull the comps. They start the folder for me so they can hand it to me and I can start to prepare for the appointment.
1: And then, does that stuff ever get into your CRM? Kind Correct. Of that
2: initial stuff. Yes.
0: Yeah, so we use a CRM called okay. Wise Agent, and as they start to process as a client, that goes into the CRM, and they start filling out all of the all of the information, so it can be pulled up instantly for anyone. I used to be Excel. I've really grown. Now I've never been to Wise Agent, so this is I, I, like we, we we practice what we preach. The team uses Wise Agent. They know not to ask me to go in there because I've never been there. Um, but all the good stuff is in there. So I want to take a second. I want you guys to do a little table work because we've given you a lot of tactics, right? We've told you on the intake. Now, I am sure lender, realtor, doesn't matter because quite frankly, don't get ever caught up in that in the core. A lender does this, I can do it too, right? So I want you guys to write down and then share at your table the one thing that you either heard from Nikki or me so far in our intake process that you're going to add and take back to your team and then share that with the people at your table. grab a couple of mics since hey
1: guys, we're being recorded so let's, let's come get some on ideas. back and
0: maybe let's share if anyone wants to share something they're going to implement um, you can put your hand up and how will come by it's hard for me to see sorry those. Rear- we want to share
1: lots of ideas with the um, boys and girls at home so we want to get this on uh, recorded okay got some
0: right
2: here really loved the pre-listing videos to prep the client before we get there, what's to be expected, and just videos throughout the process, and then the gifts throughout the process. Maybe oh, we're about gifts. to get into it. So those were two for me.
0: Yeah, I think your idea of if you ever feel like one of 20, call me directly, takes away that you've been handed off and now you're gone forever. It's like, no, 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 I'm still right here. Yeah. But that was an amazing takeaway for me, that one little piece to add to our process.
1: Would you say that that earns us a five so far? <laughs> <laughs> I'm working to create clients for life make it sure.
2: When I get back to the office I'm going to actually use my Monday Realtor calls And I'm going to create With Brian Chudo's help And the notes I took from your lecture here About templates to the agents On how to refer me With a text, with an email, with a phone call I want to make sure they've got it It's, it's an opportunity for me to tell them How to talk about me And to do a really good layup And introduction to using their lender and why
1: so I love it. Can I give you some advice? Yeah, yeah. I have one too. Yeah. So ask first. Hey, I, so I got this really great idea and I saw this great class and it's all about partnerships between le- realtors and lenders and creating, creating clients for life. And I want to take a minute. I just realized I've never asked you how you want me to refer you. So what would you like me to say about you? I know what I do say, but what do you want me to say? Start there and then tell them what you want to say. Like be interested first. Ditto.
0: Um, I think it was uh, Marjorie's comment about um, advising them like you would advise your family, and it reminds me of this market right now, like a lot of attention is paid to how do I get my clients' contracts accepted when sometimes i don't even think that's the right thing to do and and we're not advising them like we would advise our family we're telling them to offer fifty and a hundred thousand more, and sometimes I'm like I wouldn't tell my own family to do that why are, why are we trying to do this you know? So I like that. It's been the hardest thing for me this year, honestly, as I said, it feels like my full time job has been telling people not to buy houses because I don't feel like when I know the roof is bad, when I can see cracking in the foundation, I can't tell you to waive an inspection. I just can't do it. So I will tell you in the short term, in the term, it's hurt me sales volume wise. But what the flip side has been is I have three or four people that have sent me multiple people because what they told them was she's not just trying to sell me a house. Yeah. So it's going to work for me in the long run. It's just been super hard in the short run because I'm like, don't buy the house. I can't believe I'm saying this, right? Like it's yeah. just, it's so hard right now. But and I think yeah. most people aren't seeing the long-term vision. And I think yeah. that's that was a good takeaway. That was awesome. Thank you. Uh,
2: the big thing for me is saying no to the bad and ugly lead sooner, right? As a salesperson, it's hard to say no sometimes. But when you look at how much it bogs down your system, your process, your team, like we have just got to get better at, I love the barriers of entry, right? Like I'll still work with you if you fall in line and do everything, yeah. but I'm you stalled out here until you do everything I told you to do.
1: Yep, right? Because then it's just it's just the beginning. Like I mean, that's the client that you know a month in is talking about a lawsuit and it's like, are you kidding me? Because I didn't call you back in ten minutes. Like,
0: what? Can you sue for that? <laughs> you gotta be careful. All right, cool. Is that it? All right, so I'm going to turn it back over to Nikki because one of the things I think people love more than anything they should is Nikki's gifting. Like, I feel like a great gifter, and then I hear what Nikki does, and I'm like, I'm pretty average. So Nikki's going to get into her during and really focus on her gifting.
1: Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to talk about um, what that entire... Like center section um, in our process is um, for, but specifically to gifting and concierge kind of ideas. Okay, um, so first thing you must have a wow checklist. Okay, I have mine over there. Mine's too long, so I couldn't put it in your book, so you email your concierge if you want it. They will give you everything that I'm going to talk about, like in details, with pictures, vendor information, everything, because we have a very detailed, written-out process. That way, it happens the same way every single time, okay? This is another way to create a client for life. Do it the same way every single time. Be a student of your game. Tweak it and improve it and re-execute over time, okay? So, first thing, we do an All About You form Now... Admittedly, I am lazy, and I have used SurveyMonkey. So I send we send out an all-about-you form with SurveyMonkey, and so I don't get it on every single client because I am lazy in my execution, and I put a Band-Aid on it and send it out by SurveyMonkey. So what you should do, which I'm going to do whenever I get home, is um, actually have my assistant reach out and get that information prior to closing over the phone. Okay, because I've been doing it by survey, um, you know, a little email checklist and and it's not they're not coming back. And so and instead of digging into it, I just said, well, I guess that doesn't work, even though I still do it. So I'm going to have somebody call instead. So that's what I'm going to do. First thing Monday is my assistant's going to start calling. So we have an all about you form. It's the same thing for every single, um, it's the same for every client, it's the same for every VIP, it's the same for every realtor, it's the same for every builder. It doesn't matter. We ask the same questions, same information, um, and we get it for everybody, okay? The second thing, you must have a professional client presentation, okay? I'm not going to go through the professional client presentation because i have mine here um with the detailed the five bullet points that we go through we do the same thing with every single one i do not wing it i do not have my own style right i use a process i go down the checklist i say the same things i ask the same questions the only thing that is tailored is my response to them based on the answers that they give me okay this the next thing you must continue to set accurate expectations and use the phrase The next step is. You also must teach your team this. If a client has to ask you what is the next step, they are in charge and you are not. Okay, so if you want to stay in charge and they are paying you to stay in charge and to tell them what the next step is, just tell them. Okay? Throughout the process, one of the things that I work on my, with my team as well is whoever calls first wins. Okay? We deliver information by phone call not by email. Email is for recap. Okay. We are busy, right? And so we get lazy and we fall into that email trap. What do you think your teams are doing? They're really emailing. And now a lot of them are working remote. It's even easier to just email. Okay. Email is inefficient form of communication. It's for recap only. Okay. So a fun challenge that we've done before is 100 Days of greatness. Where every time it's totally the honor system, but every time that your team uh, makes a call instead first, instead of sending an email, they get to make a hash mark, and then whoever wins the most hash mark every week wins something um, for however many days you do it. I just like 100 days of greatness because it sounds cool. So, so and that's honor code. They win something. You could do $50 gift cards, something, time with you, lunch, whatever, um, and it just really gets them back into that habit of calling because. When you have, when you're getting information delivered, you want a phone call. It does, even if it's good news, if it's good news, you want to share in the excitement. If it's bad news, then you need to be able to soften it. You don't communicate by email. Got it? Okay. Um, and it sounds like where you are, they don't have email anyways, so it shouldn't <laughs> be a problem. You just pick up the phone. Easy times. Um, okay. They come in, they meet with me, my professional presentation. Then I give them a folder with everything that we just talked about in it. Okay, so it has the do's and don'ts. It, I call them, you know, kind of filler forms, but it has the do's and don'ts. I go through the wealth accumulator and I have the print it. <laughs> oh, I'm so bad. I don't even have my logo on it. I just use the core one. <laughs> Nobody's ever asked me what the core was, but um, but I use the one that has the core logo on it. I put the wealth, the wealth accumulator in there, the we need your help form. Um, it has um, explanation of the process, do's and don'ts, and my team sheet because we talk about handoffs, right? So they have a picture of not my entire team because they don't need to know all of them, Only the two that they're going to talk to. Here are the two people that you're going to talk to. Here's what they do. Here's the types of questions that they answer. Okay. The more that you can set an expectation and, and remove the unknowns, the less anxiety that they will have. The less anxiety they have, the more that they will remember the way that you made them feel and the way that they made them, you made them feel is whether or not they will work with you and send you their family and friends in the future. So you have to think about how am I saying this? How am I communicating this? How is my team saying this? Like we talk about cheesy crybaby stuff in our team meetings. So I get them a little emotional, right? Like I tell them sob stories and things. So they're like, okay, I'll be nice to everybody today. Like it's a real thing. And and we need to, to put ourselves in that client. like, what if that client was the, like the, you, what if you were the last person that client talked to that day? How would you have wanted that conversation to go? We talk about things like that. Put yourself in their shoes, um, and that's it, just making sure that you're working with your team on that is huge. Um, handwritten thank you note. After every single appointment, every single client, I don't care if you have 15 client appointments in a day, you sit down and you write a handwritten thank you note to each one of them, okay? Clients will use you because they got your thank you note, Okay. We all have the story where the client has called and said, I worked with you because I got your note in the mail a few days later and my credit union didn't send me one. Right? Happens to everybody. Tuesday updates. Not optional. You have to do Tuesday updates. Okay? Guys, um, I'm giving you my wow checklist. Okay? Like I told you that I had the form, but I'm literally like giving it to you. This is the wow checklist. This is lots and lots of content. Now, Gifting. We do tons of gifting, okay? Um, I like gifts because they're fun. It's my love language. And I feel like even clients, like sometimes the ugliest clients to everybody else are super nice to us because they're mad about something that probably doesn't even have anything to do with us. But then they get one of our fun gifts and they're like, oh my God, I loved it. Send gifts, okay? It's okay for them to be nice, You're making a lot off of each transaction, okay? Do not, I say this lightly, don't track the business that you're getting from sending gifts. You're not sending gifts because of the referrals that you're going to get. You're sending gifts because you want, you're grateful. You're sending gifts because you want to say thank you. You want to appreciate that person and you want them to have a better experience. That yes, long-term, will make them a client for life as well. Okay, so here's what we do. Um, at contract, the, um, client gets a moving kit. So as soon as they go to contract, they get a moving kit. It's super fun and cheesy. Um, it has our logo on it. It's a moving, um, it's a tape gun with a Sharpie and it has labels like hundreds of labels for absolutely everything that they could need to label for every single room and a 10 or 20% discount from the moving company that does the moving boxes. Okay, so they get that. If you work with me on a regular basis, it is co. If you're an agent and you work with me on a regular basis, it is co-branded with your re- agent's information. So a lot, I, I have 15 channel accounts, so a lot of um, this goes out co-branded. I tell my agents from the beginning: if the clients ever call you and say thank you, just say you're welcome, because a lot of your your name goes out on a lot of my stuff too, and they're okay with it. So I send out a moving kit at contract. Okay. Um, at uh, loan approval, conditional loan approval, don't overthink, well, what if it's suspended or what if it's like just at, it, when it goes into underwriting, okay? We send a congratulations box of cookies, but we use dirty cookie shots. <laughs> um, I had a client actually that called me that said they were afraid to open the box because it said dirty cookie on they're like, uh, I don't know what this is. Um, so they're dirty cookie shots. They're shot glasses made out of cookies. And they have my cartoon character on one of them, our logo on one, and then a couple that are separate. Um, I get calls on those cookie shots more than anything else their kids put milk in them they drink out of them bottom line like it makes an impact okay i used to be about the flash and wanting the referral so i would send like custom cookies to their place of work well one nobody goes to work anymore and two i was like okay well one it's not getting me any business and it's not really me saying thank you so i sent something fun instead um, that they like and it always is a hit okay the next gift that we send is at closing, we send game night, okay? And we literally, the card says something to the effect of, um, you know, now that you have a house, it's your responsibility to host game night. And it has, like, I don't know, all the, like, popular fun games. Sorry, Yahtzee, Twister, Um, it's got a couple of decks of different kinds of cards. It's got popcorn and just all kinds of like treats and fun stuff in it. And those I get same thing, lots and lots and lots of feedback on how much people like them. Okay. um, 30 days past closing. So 30 days post closing, they get a self inking address stamp with their new address and my face on the side. For future, for your future needs, right? You are not just a transaction to us. Call me. Um, So that's the the gifting process, okay? The last time we priced it out, it was around $110 all in. We're up a little bit now. It's probably closer to about $140. Could you spend $140 per client to say thank you? I mean, some of these deals are $4,000 to $10,000. Like, we can spend more and up our game. We up this once a year. So once a year we sit down and we revamp our gifting program for like our birthday program for our agents and also our um, client Wow checklist gifting program. Cool, awesome. Okay, then pre-closing call and email. Okay, this is an opportunity for you to stand out again because there's a lot of dark time, right? Like as a lender, you're like really great up front and then your team takes over pretty much from there right so another opportunity to make them remember who you are and that you're still there for them is the pre closing call okay so the team sends out a copy of the closing disclosure where they're going what time what to bring do's and don'ts scares them a little bit about wire instructions and all that they send that out to them first so they call they go through the details they send the recap email when they send the recap email they copy me in and they forward it to me and they send me the client's phone number so no matter where I am or what I'm doing I have a copy of that client's closing disclosure, everything that was discussed in case they didn't listen and they have a question, but I get the more, the most important thing is that phone number. So I just call them and say, congratulations, right? So that's me tying a bow at the end, right? Like, Hey, we started off strong together and I told you I was going to take care of you. Then my team took great care of you. And I was kind of MIA during that process. Like what does Nikki do there? And, oh, there she is again. They're at the end. Right? Congratulations. It's fun. And, and that's, that's a glimpse. Our wild checklist has a little bit more on it, but that's the bullet points of what we do every single time to guarantee that that client has the best experience possible.
0: Okay. All right. Before I start, I just want you guys to take a second because that was a lot of information. And what I want you to determine is you took some notes. So what I find is I take notes on the things that I think I'm going to adopt, right? Like, I hear a lot of things, and I say, I'm absolutely going to do that. I want you to take a second, and I want you to circle which you're going to commit to doing, one. And then you can put a number two next to the other, because here's what I know about all of us, right? And then we'll definitely answer some questions. You're going to be like, I'm going to do this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this one, right? So when we leave here, what's the one take? Circle it. What are you going to do first? You're allowed to have a second. What are you going to commit to adding? into your process to gift so you can wire your clients a little bit. Right? Because I can assure you, if you're doing none of that and you try to then adopt the whole gifting program, it will be overwhelming for you and your team. So take a second do that. Then anyone have any, we we'll then see if anyone has any questions for Nikki. I figured someone would. And then I'll, I'll give you a couple things for some realtor things too. Hold on one sec. I'm going to get you the microphone.
2: It's all good. It was something you guys said earlier about being dictated to, being high D, so I'm a high D as well. I usually get ticked when they start pushing, you know, back on me a little bit. I'm just wondering how you navigate that, or what do you think that somebody like me might have done wrong to begin with to where they start trying to dictate the process? How do you set those expectations with two strong-willed people, client and lender?
1: Strong-willed people love to be directed. They just don't know it. You got to tell them you stay in front of them. So the next step is um, I ask you can ask lots of yes questions, right? Because then they're already on the track of shaking their head and saying yes. Oh, does that sound good? Yes. Is that what you're here for? Yes. Is that is this what they said? Yes. Ask a lot of yes questions and they'll just kind of go and say yes. It's one way to do it. Um, But also just having a clear like for us. So I don't have the strongest salespeople on my team. Um, I have caterers. And So. As far as, like, overcoming objections and, and all that, we really have to work really hard on that. But we just have such a firm, clear process that if you want to work with us, this is what we're going to do. Would you like, do you want to work with us? Because this is how we're going to do it. And then you've already signed on, right? So you ask permission up front. Here's how it's going to go. When we, you know, when we request documents from you, here's what a, um, like, some of the, it's not a D personality that will push back. It's a C personality that will push back, Right? And so when you when I mention, hey, it's going to be a lot of paperwork, what do you think they say? What do you still need? You know? Well, here's the thing. You have done a great job. You've already given me so much. But everything that we have to, ha- we have, to have has to be the most recent version. And honestly, the processor is the best one to talk about to you about that because she looks at all of those audits and everything all day long. So I'm going to let her do that. But she's going to call you within 48 hours and go through it. Just be on standby. I've never had anybody decline because they couldn't get me a document that was simple that we needed. Nobody gets declined because they couldn't get me a pay stub. Like, everybody has them, right? We just need the most recent version. So I think, to answer your question, you set an accurate expectation. You stay in front of it. The next step is. And very clearly up front, you ask permission to hold them accountable to your system. Is this what you want? Well, when they say yes, they just told you that you have permission to hold them accountable. Make sense?
2: What do you use... Uh, to actually implement the gifting? Is it an employee plus CRM or is it an employee, CRM, and a vendor? How do you actually... Uh control it and schedule it make sure that it stays on time?
1: So there's probably better ways to do it. Um, I have an employee that it is part of her job description. It's one bullet point of her job description and we rely heavily on the vendors as well. We say hey, here's how many of these requests that we're going to give you. We need you to streamline and automate it for us on the reporting side to make sure like hey, how do we get you, how, how was the easiest way for us to get you this information and then we need a report provided back from you when it went out, you know, whatever tracking numbers and everything else that was sent, um, because I used to track all of that, and it was a nightmare. It was a full-time job for one person, and you don't need to do that. The vendors that are providing the services, they can track all of that for you. So that's what we do now. Nikki, for the gifting stuff, um, for lenders who do refinances, do you do anything different, or do you do anything that maybe is just minimized for the refinance? So um, the only thing we don't send on the refinances is the moving kit. Um, because we change the gifts every year, so they haven't gotten the same thing. So they, you know, like up to this year they got, you know, like last year they had Cutco Knives. And this year it's a game night package. So if you're changing the gifts up, I don't think that you have to have a separate program for refinances. We don't. Um, But, um, and it also depends on, I mean, I've had some clients that have come back multiple times. I mean, for them, we're going to do something different. But it really is, it's not a total one-off, but it's a little bit more of a one-off. So for refines, the only thing we take out is the contract box. Which it doesn't happen anyways because it doesn't go under contract. So it automatically doesn't go in.
2: What companies do you use for the address stamp and who... Prepares your moving boxes and I think you said
1: So, shots. I can. The only one I can tell you for sure. So, I used some girl, some lady on Pinterest for the game night baskets. My assistant just basically like went out and looked to see what was out there, and we went just local and had somebody. I mean, she's not local, but she went to Pinterest and found somebody who was like a stay-at-home mom that was trying to make money, and basically negotiated something that made her money, but also like would hold her to some standards of delivery and, and other things. Um, but I'll have to send you the list. The only one I know is Dirty Cookie, um, and it's like dirtycookiecompany.com or dirtycookie.com, something like that. But if you just Google it, that's what comes up. Um, but um, but anyway, so, yeah, I can get that to you, though. All of that, the concierge will have.
0: All right, we good? Okay. I'm going to continue on a little bit. So we obviously covered gifting, which is super important, right? You must have a great gifting program. But one thing we decided, I have a very small team, so it's me and three people, right? And so what we really started realizing, too, is we want to provide kind of a deeper value surface. So I talk to my team all the time about concierge-level service. So to me, it was like, okay, if we want to continue to stand out, right, and if we want to kind of give them that concierge-level service, what are some things that we're going to start doing and offer to the clients during to provide them deeper value, so, because again, I'm, I'm smaller, right? So it's like, we got to go deeper and no, I don't want to cut my commission. So I want to provide more value. So how do I do that? So I'm just going to share with you a couple things that we've adopted, um, that I think have made a huge difference that are not high cost. So some things we've started doing, um, for our buyer side, but our seller side is offering move in cleanings. So if you're going to list your house with us, we will have your house cleaned before photos and we will have your house cleaned before you move out. So that cost me a whopping 125 bucks every time I do it, and it's made the biggest difference because when the client moves, and, you know, they usually forget something in the dishwasher and the attic is still full and all of these things, so we're providing a move-out cleanup. So they can move, they can leave, we'll have the cleaning service go to the house. They don't have to take care of that anymore. That, the one thing, has been the biggest difference in clients. They mention it every single time. So it seems a little silly, right? So that is one thing we've done. Another thing is I have a listing partner, and she has become a licensed stager. And she goes in with me, and we offer staging services to every client before it goes on the market. And she's in-house with me. She goes to the listing appointment with me. And then she goes and advises them. She does a whole consult. She takes photos of everything. She sends them basically a whole honey-do list with photos. And then we have people go to the house. They they have to pay for that part if they need the extra help. But we have lined up services that can go in and help them with everything. The painting, the packing, the moving, the selling, the storing. So we've got like a one-line service for all these clients that are otherwise overwhelmed what they need to do. Right. So we have a moving truck that was pre-core. It was already paid for. Do not go buy one. I will get fired. Or we give them a discount with a moving service, which you mentioned as well. So what I want you guys to think about is what are those, like, stress points, consuming times for your clients that really stand out in a selling or buying process, right? So what are those times that we can offer a higher level of service that's going to make us stand out more? So that's what we've done with the staging services. That's what we've done with setting up movers that will come to their house. That's what we've done with cleaning services. So if I want to offer a concierge-level service, right, if I want to stand apart from a realtor that's just selling the house, it's what more can we do upon each and every step in a purchase or sale that's giving them that higher level of service. So those are the biggest things we've done. And then Brittany, whose contract to close, guides them – above and beyond anything you can imagine. So they will never, ever feel like she's not like their full-time person. So the funny thing is, at first I thought maybe I made a mistake, except that every single survey says, like, they want to keep Brittany. Right. So she goes so far above and beyond lining people up for them, setting things up, being there, calling. I call as well. But she is like they call. They're like, can I talk to Brittany? I guess so. Don't you love me anymore? So I think providing that higher level of service in the during has gotten us way more tight in the long term relationship building. So what are little things you can do at high pain points? in a transaction, right, that you think about it, maybe you guys all should move, and then it's like, wow, this was really tough, I had to line up these people, we had to get these people in, we had to get estimates, and we take care of all of that for them, so that we take that pain away from them. So I think that's one of the biggest things we've done that sets us apart, that I would share with you guys in terms of, at this point in the transaction, in that during, that's gotten us higher level referrals and people coming back 25 years later. So if you guys aren't doing that, I want you to incorporate some things like that into your systems or teach your realtors to incorporate something like that into your systems, okay? All right, so I'm going to cover, and then we'll go through questions again. I definitely want to cover the follow-up because this, to me, is where I think, like I said, you guys did a great job. You've closed. Maybe they get moving labels. Maybe they get, like, a reminder to change their address, and then it's like crickets, But I want you to think about your follow-up in terms of relevancy, right? I think it's important what we send them and why we send them. So to me, the example I want to use really quick with you is like if you buy a car. So I keep thinking about this. This this is how I process things. So like I bought a car. So it's used and it's okay, but I got a Q7. And it does all these things. And it has like this pad and it has this screen that pops up and it has this pretty little blue stripe. I mean, it's very cool. I don't know how to do anything. I don't even know how to plug it in so that the GPS comes up. If it does, I can't touch the radio because then the GPS goes away. So I know nothing about it. So let's, I mean, I really don't. It's blue. Beyond that, I can't tell you. So let's think about this. So typical realtor, right? If I'm going to send something out, you bought something from me. I'm going to send you a card every month that says, I sold seven cars this month. I sold 10 cars this month. Who cares, right? So we tend to be like, I sold this many houses. I sold, right? So sort of like self-promotion spamming versus being relevant. Well, if you sold me this card, what would be super helpful is every month, please tell me what one of these buttons are, right? Like, tell me, it's like, if you want your GPS to stay on when you're lost in the middle of the city, here's the button you should push. Cause I push every wrong one, right? Tell me how to use the car. Give me discounts, Right. For oil changes or tires. Right. These are relevant things. Give me discounts for detailing. Right. Tell me that you'll have a car ready for me when my car has to come in for service. These are relevant things that help me as a car owner. Okay, let's turn this into being a lender or a realtor. When I close on my house as a realtor, I don't care how many houses you sell every month. It's not relevant to me. I have to stay relevant from closing to seven years from now. Right. So if I'm going to provide value to you as your realtor in those next seven years, I need to tell you about things like, is it time to refinance and reach out to Nikki? Right. Three or four years later, do you have enough insurance? Do you need referrals for contractors? Please don't put two hundred thousand dollars into your yard. Right. Like you will not get that back. Right. They call. me. So the, the relevance that we provide is I want to be that person you're going to reach out to. Right. As your resource. So when I'm in touch with them on the EOS side or the staying in touch with them as their realtor for life, I want them to reach out to me for beneficial. Marjorie is my consultant. Marjorie is my realtor information. Right. I don't need to tell them I sell 10 houses every month. Right? Now I'm going to tell them once a year I send them a market report. I'm going to give them data. I'm going to tell them what thing's going on. I give them a letter about here's the reality of the market right now. I'm their consultant. So when we think about on the realtor end, it's the EOS, right? a valuable EOS. It's the market tips. It's those things that keep me as their consultant for life. right? That's why 25 years later, they're still in touch with us. And then... There's the Marjorie's quirky, right? Letter of the heart kind of, here's who I am, right? So fun things about us or things happening with family or my favorite book or whatever it may be, right? That's the letter of the heart part, right? And then the core teaches us this. You just follow that. But think about your content when you're staying in touch with them, right? I don't want them to say, who cares? I want them to say, gosh, she taught me something or that was important information, right? House tips, maintenance tips, things that keep me on top of mind, So I feel like really it's as simple as even pre-core, but of course in a regimented fashion since I've been in the core, it's what am I sending them, how am I staying in touch with them, how am I relevant to them, right? So 20 years later, they're calling me about non-realtor stuff all the time. Right. What painter should they use? That might be more realtor. But I just got a call yesterday that I returned last night. Someone that moved into town. What doctor should I use? What dentist should I use? Where should I get my hair cut? Because I love your hair. I'm like, I got crazy hair, girl. But OK, we like my hair. You're going to go to my girl. So I want to be that resource right forever. If you guys want clients for life, you have to be that resource forever. Right. Remember, it started with the relationship and the systems are how I'm staying in touch with them. But then they are reaching out to me, right, as that trusted resource. So if you guys want to be that, have those clients for life, you have to be the trusted resource after closing. I mean, I know it seems like it's that simple. So and then, of course, you supplement with videos that the core teaches you. You're staying in touch with them. You have events when it's non-COVID. We've done nothing for 14 months. So I will tell you, we were going to do a goat petting event last March. And people are like, what? I'm just telling you, people, it's the best thing ever. So we had 280 people come to pet goats. (laughs) I thought you were going to say 280 goats. No. We had 280 people coming to pet goats. The funny part is I bought a bunch of hand sanitizer, and then COVID hit, and so I was able to give 280 (laughs) people hands. I was like, you know, no one could get toilet paper. I had toilet paper and hand sanitizer. I was valuable again. But um, that seems crazy, but... Like a fun event. So the things the core teaches you, you have the systems in place to do, you will stay relevant. You will have clients for life. Right? You care about them. And let your freak flag fly is all I'm going to say. Right? People come to my house and we blow up fireworks because that's my thing. Like I'm a pyromaniac. Yes. So they come over. My husband's a chef. We cook for them. We blow up fireworks. Right? <laughs> this is how they know me. Right? So be you. Right? Like we were talking about being authentic. Authentic. Be you, have them to your house, have wine tastings, right? Have poker nights, let them get to know you, right? So they know you personally, and then they know you as the professional they have to work with again. Can it, can it really be simpler than that? I mean, I'm, I can't really see you guys that well, but can, can, well, can it be simpler than that? No, right? It can't. All right, so Nikki, any other things you want to share? And then obviously we want to have you guys answer questions.
1: Yes. So a couple of things on the lender side um, that I do consistently is um, I'm not big on um, a lot of the um, the technology uh, systems and, and drip campaigns and, and automated set and forget kind of thing but I do really like HomeBot because the clients really like HomeBot. So if you're not, if you a lender and you're not using HomeBot, it's been an excellent tool. Um, and like I said, it's because the clients really like it. It also has generated um, a lot of buzz for myself and the agents that we're partnered with. So in HomeBot, if is anybody using it? Yes, okay, a lot of the lenders are. So um, lenders, you're supposed to partner with the agents on that program you know that right you're supposed to let them use it also not charge them to, but let them that's that one like where they say that they'll take your money even though they don't they can take it on that one it's not very very expensive so you partner with an agent and that way anytime those clients that are that agents clients they get tagged as well um, and they can then follow up provide CMAs and things like that but the clients really like the information and it also shows you how active they are so it goes in and ranks like you know how active your different leads are um, in in different things that they're looking at um, which is super useful too so I do that um, and then I'm old school on everything else so I send um, At the beginning of every year, mail and email a copy of the client's closing disclosure and their um, homestead exemption information, and I send like all of the counties. Um, you know, that, that we worked with, um, that year. And so in it's a video also of me explaining what to do with it. Um, I send, I do a financial freedom budget class that I offer, um, for our clients where I literally just teach them the budget and talk a little bit about investing as well, the wealth accumulator specifically. And then I do a tax class every single year on how to protest your taxes, right? If you are a client and I want to follow, I, I have, I think one of the reasons I struggle to follow up is because I just assume like maybe they don't want to hear from me. So I really want it to be relevant. I don't want, I throw away so many of your mailers. No offense guys, but I do like they come in. I'm like, okay, oh she's pretty. And I throw it away. Like that's literally the extent, right? Of how it works. I'm like, Oh, cute kids. But the relevant information, like how to protest your taxes, how to save money, things that have to do with your health, that's the key to the follow-up that we're talking about is relevant and consistent follow-up, okay? Not harassment and not, you know, your face on a billboard, um, but no offense, sorry, um, if anybody's actually on a billboard. I hope it worked out for you. But, um, but relevant follow-up, okay? Cool. Any questions? We're going to do Q&A and then we'll close it down.
2: Hey, Marjorie. If you're a 10 out of 10, I'm like a 2 out of 10. I have lots of work to do. But I'm wondering with all of those touch points that you have, do you incorporate a lot of like asks?
0: Oh, well, Kendra will say, girl, you better not say you do because you're a big liar, right? So if I'm doing my Kendra voice, I, that is not my strongest point. She's right there. So she knows. Girlfriend, don't be telling them that you're a great asker. Not my strength, but I'm better at it. So the good thing is because I give, 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 I'm better at asking now because I, I feel I've earned it. My big struggle is until I feel like I've earned it. I'm, yes, I'm a coach. Um, but now I'm way better at, especially because they're contacting us, hey, we got your mailer, we need your painter, whatever, great, who do you have for us, right? So it's much easier to ask to me once I've given, right? Give, ask. So, yes, I'm much better at it now after, what, 72 years in the core and Kendra telling me, I don't know, 25,000 times true hey marjorie over here hey uh going back a minute to how you refer uh your agent do you do anything with like the hot handoff with the client in the office and call the agent with the client there and connect them or uh, get permission to have the agent or the i'm sorry the lender reach out to the client yeah talk about that a little bit So, yes, so depending if I've set up the appointment in advance, so obviously I'll talk about this with Nikki, but if the client's coming in at 4 o'clock, and I know that I want them to talk to Nikki and we've already talked about they're gonna to have to be pre-approved. I will often reach out and see if Nikki's available, if she, they can reach out even while they're there. Can they go there after? How do we set up an appointment? Can she already send her intro email or however her process is? Um, otherwise, we will call and set an appointment for them to go and meet with them. So right now we're still really locked down where I am. So it's a Zoom meeting, but we will still say, okay, so hey, great. So Nikki's gonna meet with you tomorrow morning at 10. I'm gonna be talking to you on Zoom again tomorrow at four o'clock. Then we're gonna set up your auto email We're going to get started. So I'm big on that. That is a really good point. Directing the next step. Right? So I used to be pretty bad about, oh, good, go get pre-approved and hopefully you'll hear from me. And now when it's like I need every single client I can get because I'm going to write them 87 offers, it's like, awesome, you have an appointment at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, we are talking at 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. We're setting your auto email, we're setting your parameters, we're getting started. So that's a big thing, next step, next step. I know Nikki talked about it for, for the realtors as well because we're all terrible at follow-up as well during. Is you've got to be like, good, you're meeting at that time, here's our next meeting. Absolutely. Good question. I was wondering if you, either of you could share what ideas you have for um, referral programs that you have with your database and how you go about doing that.
1: I can tell you what mine is right now. It's not amazing. Um, I send Omaha State gift baskets um it's i mean i like i love the graduated um but the last time that i was at a summit i was like oh my gosh i'm so embarrassed i don't have a referral gift program so i just threw that one together and said okay i'm going to do this for now because i implement at like 50 to 70 percent and then i have to work on going back and tweaking it later um so i send omaha state gift packs um, to everybody i'm in texas like i don't know anybody in texas it doesn't grill so that's what i send um and just say thank you and they don't have too close um, I, it's 50 bucks and includes shipping and, and all that, which is a little pricey, but I have a good price point and, and, I'm grateful and I want them to do it again. So if they're like, Hey, I want stakes. I'm going to send her a client. I'm okay with that.
0: Now we do a 25. So we go off the all about you. So $25 gift certificate, first referral, I do 50, second referral, 100, third referral. If I don't have the all about you yet, we have several. My husband's a chef. This is how I eat because I don't cook. So we have several restaurants owned by our friends. And so I will get 25, 50, and $100 gift certificates. And by 50 or 100, I have it. But that way, we'll send them a gift certificate from there. But we're big on tracking how many referrals we get. So in the CRM, I can tell you over history how long, how many referrals I've gotten within the last 12 months, 24 months. And we're talking about that all the time.
1: A good way to track that too is you could take the same thing that we do for the accounts pyramid for referral partners, agents, and builders, and and whomever, and put your 100 favorite past clients on that chart as well, um, based on how many leads that they've sent. It's, I mean, because we're already using the form, it's nice and simple, um, and that way it, you know, quantifies the value of the relationship. This is supposed to be personal. <laughs> I'm making it about money. But it does quantify, like, okay, like, how much money, how, how much business have they sent me? Like, you know, are by their favorite, you know, obviously, if they've sent, you know, four clients, okay, that's that's a great client for life and past client. I want to make sure they get lots of attention.
2: I just wanted to share, I got a mobile detailer and anytime I get a referral we just send a mobile detailer to clean his and the wife's car. Great idea. And I get every time a video, a picture, a social media post, oh my realtor cleaned my car. That's a great
1: idea. Awesome. So coincidentally those mobile detailers um, are hurting right now and they will let you sign contracts for like a certain number of cars and you get them for like 40 to 50 bucks a car. Because we've done that too. All
2: right. Anybody else? I was just wondering if you're acknowledging the people who are referring you on your social media. One of the things I read in an earlier class today was, like, tagging them, you know, and saying thank you and, is that something that you're doing as a general practice? I'm
1: not doing it yet, um, but it is definitely on the short list. Like, I think just a community of all of our past clients um, where we share that relevant content as well. Um, and then, yes, making a video, doing, like, this whole presentation that Rick did and getting their attention. Oh, no, let's make eye contact. I want to thank you. I think it's huge. And also, like, people will enjoy um, engaging in that, like the public praise. So, yeah, I think it's an awesome idea. I'm not currently doing it. I'm not very
2: social my social media community is uh, limited. Okay, and just part two. So in the client appreciation events, one of the things that was brought up was publicly acknowledging in, at, like, a tier level. Is that something – because in our client appreciation events, we've always made it a point to make it about gratitude and not about, like – That's why I don't have vendors who are, like, selling, you know, their vendor business. So do you feel like that takes away from the event by making it, like, this public, you sent me four deals, you sent me five deals, you know what I mean? I want your guys' opinion about that if I'm going to make a change.
0: So my God... I, w- I mean, my instinct, gut, because it's not something I do, is my client appreciation, unless someone comes to me. So if I'm blowing up fireworks in my house and you're eating a big pig that my husband roasted, if you're coming to me to talk about real estate specifically, then, then we're going to engage in that. But you're really – we're hanging out. We are. I'm thanking you. I'm certainly giving you honor. Um, but I'm not doing any sort of presentation or anything when you're at my house or smaller events. So – I mean, something actually, I should talk to Kendra and read about because it's not something I've been doing, um, and I'm not sure. I've, I'm always really cautious that when you're at my house and we're hanging out, that it's we're friends at this point, and I'm yes thanking you and talking to you, but I'm not turning it into a. You know, like a business event as much as at that point. So it's not something I'm doing, but it's actually something we can talk about.
1: I think it's personal preference too. And like you know, your people and like your agents, and if they're super competitive with each other and they'll get off on that kind of thing, then do it. And if they're not, and like, you know, oh, I don't want to make him feel bad and I don't want to this, well, then, you know, don't do that. Like I know Josh does like competitions with his agents. He's really clear on like, hey, here's who my top 10 are. And here's like, I tell my individual agents that. I don't necessarily tell the other unless they ask um and so and I I do have some of the builders that will ask well especially because they know that my fiance is a home builder so they'll be like so am I doing more with you than he is and so like I'll get that every now and then you know in a fun way but um but I think it just is your vibe with them and what you know what you think they'll appreciate Yeah, I would just say to extend on what Marjorie was saying is most of our biggest referral partners are VIPs on the real estate side. So I do exclusive client parties just for the VIPs, and I do honor uh, the number of referrals that have closed with each person, and the gifts are based on that. And I do think that that has always helped the referrals grow. It keeps it
2: top of mind. As far as just general client parties like movies and stuff like that, we just do general drawings because I gift them individually as the referral comes in. So I don't know that I have to publicly thank them, um, you know, in, in a group client event
0: like that, except on the VIP side just so it generates more loyal clients for us. Agreed.
1: Cool. Okay, do we have any more questions? If so, we can take one more and then um, we'll finish up. No? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, the QR code. Are yeah. you holding me the survey? Is that the survey? Yes. If you go, stu- I have, we're very high tech here at the core now. So yes. there's something Thank called you. a QR code. Like yes. You can order drinks on it at the bar, too. But um, the QR code in the middle of your table, if you guys don't mind popping that up, just sticking a five right in there is perfect. And then you guys are going to be able to continue on with your day. Yes. Let me Thank read you, you something guys something so wait, much. Wait, wait. So I
1: want to read you something. And this actually, like, this just came in, so I, I thought about this. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is perfect. So this is from a three-star general, not a three-star review, a three-star general. He said, we had an amazing experience with this team of professionals. They were able to guide us through our VA loan process easily. Communication was always clear and on time. They are the most giving business. They first surprised us with a packing kit, labels for all rooms, and was used and very helpful. Then, as we got closer, we were gifted shot donuts. They're actually shot cookies, but that's okay. They were amazing. Then we were gifted a game night package with movie snacks. We have enjoyed these games with our family over Easter. This company truly cares about their clients, and not only do they say it, they show it. If you ever have questions, ask. Nikki Salter is amazing, and we are grateful to have had her on our team. We also worked with Vanessa. She is a sweetheart as well. We love our new home, and we will do business with them again. They get five stars from the Miller family. That is what this will do without trying. So, I mean, you get what I'm saying. Like, it's trying. Like, we're doing, we're trying really hard. But without having to do anything, like, different for every single client. You do the same thing for every single one. Just tweak it a little bit for the individual. Cool. Give it up for Marjorie. Man, good job. Thank you guys so much.
2: You've
0: been listening to the Coors Sales Training Bootcamp. Registration information about our two-day business building summits: call 1-800-660-6670, or find us on the web at www.makortraining.com.